It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Sorensen, Burns, and now Ferraro, save rebound, score! Marcus Sorensen gets the goal. We constantly told ourselves over the last two days, and we've talked about is not beating ourselves and giving ourselves a chance. And I thought we did a pretty good job of that tonight. Uh, you know, I'll rewatch the game here a little later, but I thought our turnovers, uh, our turnover rate was better. I thought our wall play was better. Um, you know, our, our possession time, I think, was a little better. You know, and we just, uh, and, and, and line changes, as, as crazy as that sounds, and as simple as that sounds, I thought we did a better job of, you know, our shift length and changing and, and uh, um, just, you know, all the, the fundamentals that we've been talking about is just managing our game a little better and, uh, um, you know, playing and playing the right way as, as, uh, as, as a team and not just, you know, two lines, three lines. And, and the big thing is we got production out of, uh, you know, Patty Marlowe's line. They scored a big goal for us and uh, that helps. All right, so let's start off just big picture and good morning and all that fun stuff to all of you. But when we came into this two-game series, I was saying this is a bit of a test for the Sharks. It's a bit of a way to see where you are stacking up against one of the best teams in the entirety of the NHL. And maybe the Blues haven't started out as hot as they would have liked to, but when you look at the talent that's on their squad, you know why people regard them that highly. So I said, let's look at how the Sharks do in these two games against the Blues. It'll give us a better idea of where they are. One bad period. One bad period in six over two games on the road plus an overtime period. But one bad period in two games in St. Louis against ostensibly one of the best teams in the league right now. The Sharks passed that test to me, and if you want to know my overall thoughts on the entirety of the year right now, in four games, all four of which the Sharks have played well enough to win, they have only walked away with two wins. So that means that if the Sharks rectify some of their mistakes, much in the same way they did in last night's shootout win over the Blues, I think the Sharks are going to find themselves in a battle to make the playoffs, because that's where we set the bar right now. We're not saying win the division. We're not saying win the Stanley Cup. Let's just say this team can play well enough to put themselves in a battle to make the playoffs. Because that was the big question entering this year. How are the younger guys, the unproven guys going to do? We know that Jonathan Leonard is making us ooh and ah every time he gets a chance to have a breakaway and he almost scored his first goal of the year, just had to go off the post. Ah, killed me. I wanted to see him score so bad. But you got young guys like him stepping up and making big plays. And then you got Sorensen on the fourth line making a huge, huge play. If you go back and the Sharks Twitter posted it, he is fully outstretched using every ounce of effort and energy to score that goal. Totally outstretched, 
about 18 inches off the ground. He's going to fall on his ribs. It's going to hurt. I don't care how much padding he's wearing. And he went full outstretched, like Dennis Rodman trying to get a rebound. You just loved seeing the effort play on that because the aggressors in sports are often rewarded with the spoils, with the victory, with the trophy, whatever it is. And I thought the Sharks picked their moments to be more aggressive last night, and that's what allowed them to get the win. So a great starting point for the Sharks uh, to go into St. Louis over two games against one of the best teams in the NHL, and they represented themselves well. They walk away with one win. They're 2-2 two and two on the year. Yeah, both of them have come in a shootout. You can try and pick your, you know, get nitty and gritty on that and say that that's not going to be good enough. But you know what? Ultimately, I'm not going to care. A Sharks team getting a win is a Sharks team getting a win. Uh, Martin Jones was absolutely outstanding. That's as good as I've seen him play in a long time. He was a brick wall, made some huge stops, and also was not put in as many bad positions by his team. That was the one thing we saw specifically in games two and games three of the year. Martin Jones was great in game number one of the year. Game number two of the year, he was okay. He was put in some bad spots. And then he came back in game number four and had an absolutely great game. He made some huge stops. He had some huge moments. Uh, we didn't get the quote from Bob Bugner after the game that he was the Sharks' best player on the ice. But I think that when you look overall at what Martin Jones was able to do in this game, he kept the Sharks in it. And it was a battle between Bennington and Jones, and neither of them was going to break. They both let in one goal. And what was really interesting is that the way the Blues attacked in the first five minutes of the second period, they had multiple, multiple goal-scoring goal opportunities. And I was surprised that they did just walk away with one goal because that's they knew that the Sharks were weak in the second period. They knew that that was going to be their chance so they went for it, and they came after the Sharks hard. The Sharks were having a real hard time getting the puck out of their defensive zone. They couldn't clear it. One of the things that we've seen uh, a little bit from the Sharks is that they have a little bit of a tendency to try and move too fast. It upends their stick handling. It upends their ability to get the, the puck out of their end cleanly, and I think the Blues saw that, tried to rush them and force them into some mistakes that allowed them to keep the puck in the Sharks' defensive zone and allowed them to keep on hammering and hammering and hammering away. And the Sharks, they could have wilted at that point. They could have said, well, let's throw our hands up. It's another second period of disaster. This is our weakness right now. We can't overcome it. Instead, the Sharks seemed to make an active recognition of what they were doing. They stopped with the cuteness. They stopped trying to do anything too amazing they oversimplified, and I don't even want to use that as a derogatory, but they 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 simplified. Let's just say that. They simplified. They stopped trying to make the big play happen. They went, and you heard Brett Kedekin, uh talking about it in the broadcast over the last two games. Instead of going for the home runs, they were going for the singles and the doubles, if we use the uh, cross-sports terminology, and they were just trying to make the little things happen. And when the Sharks focused on the little things, when they focused on trying to play clean, they were rewarded with it. They allowed themselves to have these opportunities. They did not put themselves in bad situations. They did not put their goalie in a bad situation. Still, there is a lot to work on. I am not going to deny it, but it was interesting to watch the Sharks play this game the way they did. For one, they didn't come out as hot, right? They didn't come out flying. They didn't take the early lead. They weren't uber aggressive. They didn't burn themselves out. Now, whether or not that was by design, I don't know. But instead of trying to take the game by the neck right off the start, 
They let themselves settle into it a little bit. They let themselves get their legs under it. And not, by the way, I'm not saying there's ever a problem with taking an early lead in a game. I'm never going to be against that. But I think that with this young season and the lack of a true training camp and all of the mitigating factors that are going into what we're seeing on the ice this year, you look at the Sharks and you say, okay, were they maybe overexerting themselves a little bit too early and then not having the legs in the second period, finally recovering over the course of that second period and able to put up some pretty decent third periods? That may have been, to an extent, what we were seeing. I, I can't say for certain, but I do know that the Sharks seem to have a more even distribution of energy throughout the course of the game. So Martin Jones, he, he was an absolute stud. And Eric Carlson, I thought, was more active and more involved and looked like he's getting his legs under him and started to look more like the Eric Carlson we know he's capable of being. Listen, I understand that those of you out there in Sharks land are impatient with Eric Carlson. I know there have been the injuries, and I know there has been this delay of everything that Eric Carlson is billed to be, but I think we saw flashes of it last night. And I, I look at a player like Eric Carlson, I know how high caliber a play, of a player he is, it's not going to happen immediately. It's going to take a little bit for him to find his game because he needs everything to be firing on all cylinders. And I thought that he looked more lively with his skating. It looked like he was trying to move around a little bit more. It looked like he was seeing the passing lanes a little bit better. It looked like he was having better chemistry with his teammates out there on the ice. And I think that we're going to see, hopefully, assuming he stays healthy, him build upon these performances. I know everybody wanted Eric Carlson to jump in from game number one and be the Eric Carlson that's the absolute, you know, one of the best players in the league, but it's taking a little bit. I'm okay with that so long as it's not hampering the team. In the third game of the year, the first game against the Blues, he took a bad angle on Cairo, got burned, ended up falling over Dubnik. It was low light. It wasn't highlight. It was low light. He got burned. The Sharks got scored on. When the expectations are as high for Carlson as we all know they are, People are going to respond to that. What did he do? He came back, in my opinion, with his best performance of the year. He looked more lively. He looked more attuned to what was happening around him. And the Sharks played a style of game that was a little bit more reserved and a little bit safer. But at the same time, they were still capable of being aggressive and they were still capable of creating dangerous opportunities. And you really just have to give a lot of credit to Biddington for being up to the challenge. On other nights, the Sharks are going to be rewarded with more goals. They weren't on this night, but they rewarded themselves with a tight game that they were able to pull out in a shootout. It was not the prettiest win ever. It was not the easiest win ever, but that's what you have to do in a season like this, right? You have 56 games. You have a weird schedule for any number of reasons that are associated with the pandemic and not being able to play in your home arena until who knows when. And the Sharks went out there and beat a really good team on the road and now have a little bit of momentum, in my opinion, heading into this two-game series with Minnesota. Couple of things to get into before we talk about some sound on the other side in the post game. Uh, one, Ryan Donato. He has been really impressing me with his effort and his hustle out there. I really, really like what I'm seeing from him. I know he's supposed to be a shootout specialist and he got denied on his uh, opening attempt tonight, but Donato, four games into his tenure as a member of the San Jose Sharks, I like it. I really like what I'm seeing from him. I liked him when he was a member of the Wild. I didn't know exactly what to expect from him. And 
I've been very, very excited and pleasantly surprised by him. Again, liking a guy on another team doesn't mean he's always going to be good in the system that the Sharks are running, especially since you don't really know exactly what the Sharks are going to turn into, as we saw bits and pieces of it last year uh, with Bob Bugner. But now we see a little bit more of what they're trying to do. But Donato has been a pleasant surprise. Another reaction, Kane, bro, you can't take that many penalties. He went to the box four times. He led the league in penalty minutes last year. He knows he's got a target on his back. He's got to be better than that, especially the one on Bennington. I know guys are going to embellish. I know guys are going to make it seem much worse than it actually was, but you can't be retaliatory or overzealous in that situation. Pick your spots. Don't do it right there. That was one that was particularly unnecessary. The other ones, they weren't as particularly egregious to me. You never like to see him go into the box. But the Sharks also, in response, killed all the penalties once again from the St. Louis Blues. Very much in the same vein that we saw last year from the San Jose Sharks. The penalty kill is looking very, very high caliber once again. Just the disappointing time tonight was when the Sharks were on the power play, but you got to give credit to Jordan Bennington. He was fantastic. He was a brick wall. It was a battle between he and Jones, and the Sharks ended up getting that win in the shootout because in the shootout, Jones was a brick wall as well. Sharks outshot the Blues by a wide margin, 38-23. to 23. So that tells me a couple things. In light of their safer and more reserved game plan, they were still able to create those opportunities. And the other thing it tells me is just how good Bennington was. So that's just how it goes in the NHL some nights. You can do everything right, and if you run into a hot goalie, it won't matter. Speaking of running into a hot goalie, Ryan Donato had a hot goalie run into him from behind. Listen, I understand Donato was trying to gain position, and some people were saying that, well, if you leave your net, no, the, the crease is the goalie's. Maybe if he had been a little bit closer to the top of the crease, you would have had a little bit more of a discussion here, but he was blocking the goalie's ability to get back in the crease and make an attempt on the puck. And I think 10 out of 10 times in that scenario, that goal is going to be waved off. It was unfortunate because it was a brilliant play from Eric Carlson, but Donato's got to be a bit more positionally aware. And it was unfortunate as well because it would have given the Sharks a win then and there. Now, one of the things that has me concerned coming out of this game is that Logan Couture looked like he tweaked his groin a little bit. Uh, it was when he went down to take a shot from one knee, just kind of slid up against the boards after taking the shot, and you could see him on the bench kind of rubbing his inner thigh in that groin area. So hopefully he's all right because the Sharks are going up against a wild team that has uh, performed pretty well so far to start the year. Three wins and one loss. So before we hit the break, let's go over a couple of big pictures here. Over two games in St. Louis against one of the best teams on paper in the NHL, the Sharks had one bad period. They were capable of winning both games. Over the course of the first four games of the year, the Sharks have played well enough to win all four, in my opinion. Sure, they've only got two. They both came by way of the shootout, but two and two on the road to start the year? I'll take that. No problem. And now, a moment of chill from Coors Light. Coors Light. 
Mountain cold refreshment made to chill after the short but cold beer run from hot tub to cabin. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Yeah, best he's looked so far this season. I think that uh, he looked like he had his legs tonight. You know, he was just, he had a lot more jump in his step, and he was, uh, um, you, you know, he was sort of the quarterback of, of a lot of our exits out of the D zone and hitting guys with speed and, you know, just making the right plays. And, and, and I think if you if you rewatch or while you watch the game, you can tell that he simplified it a little bit. And uh, he wasn't trying to thread passes through people's feet. He wasn't trying to, you know, sauce passes all over. He was just making an easy play and following the play up. And I think that's, you know, the best that he's been for sure. Welcome back to Morning Tide. That is head coach Bob Bugner's response when, asked about the performance of Eric Carlson last night and the theme of simplification was one for Eric Carlson and it seemed to be one for the Sharks overall but a win for the Sharks it wasn't easy it wasn't pretty but it was a win here's more on Carlson from the captain Logan Couture yeah when he uh he can skate the puck through a lot of a lot of people and uh, he breaks out well jumps in the offense when you do a better job as forwards of finding them and in that ice um, in our own end. I, th- I think in the first period, we we're flipping too many pucks um, on the half wall and on the ice when we could have given it to our D-man like Eric and uh, he could have skated it out of trouble like he, he did uh, in the second and third there a lot. So uh, it was nice to see. Another theme that came up in the post-game interviews was whether or not this was going to be the type of game the Sharks had to play to win, especially against some of the best teams in the NHL. This was Logan's response. I think so. I think last game, after last game, both teams really wanted to tighten up defensively. Um, you know, you go back two games ago for both teams as well. They gave up eight. We gave up uh, five in, in Arizona. So uh, we wanted to tighten up. They wanted to tighten up defensively. We still had a few breakdowns. They still had a few breakdowns. It's early in the season. That's to, that's going to happen. But uh, I think in the third period, we played the style of hockey we wanted to play. Um, obviously, throughout the game, there's a lot of penalties back and forth. It was tough to get a flow going. But uh, I liked our third period for sure. Now, one of the things I think we can all agree was a big adjustment from game one of this series to game two of this series was the fact that the Blues were not able to build up that rush the same way, come through the neutral zone, and then charge into the Sharks' offensive zone with a head full of steam. That was a big change compared to the first game, which is weird because we're talking about series and it's not the playoffs. So this is something that we're going to get used to. But it also brings up another aspect of game one and game two, and in some instances, game one, two, three, and four, but just how coaches are going to adapt and change their tactics from one game to another. Here's what Logan had to say on slowing down the rush. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those those rush chances and, and breakdowns are, are because our forwards aren't there to to help our D have their gap. If if we if the D look up and they see three on two, you know, they're gonna give up the blue line easily and protect the middle of the ice. But if we have a forward that's tracking, pushing the puck out of the middle of the ice and the D can stand and they can slide over and kill plays. And unfortunately the other night we were turning pucks over in their end. I know Boogie said we're, we're giving up too many chances that start 200 feet from our net. And it may sound crazy, but it's true. When you turn pucks over, you get th- uh, three guys caught below the tops of circles and our, our D are, are in a top position. And that's what we were, we were doing to them. So tonight I thought we did a better job as forwards tracking through the neutral zone and forcing their players to make plays under pressure and then giving our D a chance to stand. And Bugner offered this when he was asked about slowing down the attack of St. Louis. I think tracking, I think working away from the puck, I thought we were guilty of uh, last game, but maybe our uh, F3 or third forward diving in a little bit when two guys were already caught, um, you know, and just working above. And I think that that helps the D be able to stay up and keep gap and, and squeeze plays off. And I thought our forwards did a really good job. So, 
yeah, if I had to say anything, it's it's the forwards working above and, and uh, um, you know, and we didn't let their D beat us up the ice too much, which obviously gaps your, gaps your own D out. So uh, we try to make sure that we controlled, uh, you know, Falk and, and uh, uh, Pareko and guys like that a little better, um, you know, coming up the ice. And I got to say that the adaptations we're going to see over the course of this NHL season from one game to the next, the adjustments the coaches make on both sides uh, will be an interesting wrinkle. Again, that's it's all part of the changes. It's all part of the new NHL that we're seeing this year. There are 56 games. They all matter that much more. You've got tons of transition around the league. You've got captains leaving teams and going to new teams. You've got new head coaches. You've got all sorts of pressures on teams that haven't existed before, like the Avalanche have never had this much pressure on them before. For instance, if we look at the Western Conference, but it just shows you, I think that even though this is obviously going to be a very difficult year for everyone, the fans, the players, the coaches, the front offices, you go on and on and on. And listen, we all know we want to be in the building. We want to be able to take it all in. It's really interesting to me to watch how the coaches are going to adapt and are going to change. So that's something that I am definitely going to be watching with great interest as we go over the course of this 56-game season. A little bit more on the style of play from the Sharks that we saw. Here's Evander Kane weighing in. You know, I thought 5-on-5, five five, we, we spent a, a lot of time on our end again tonight. Uh, you know, Joner made some big saves. Obviously, we got some great kills. And, uh, you know, uh, Mario and, and Marcus uh, connected there, which was a big goal in the second to, to tie the game. And uh, we were able to hold them off uh, in the third and, and uh, come up with the extra point in the shootout there. So, um you know, it was a it was a greasy win per se on the road, and um, we'll take it. But but we definitely need to be better uh, and spend a lot more time in their their end. By the way, we have an early season contender for my favorite post game audio clip of the year. You know, it was a it was a greasy win per se on the road, and um, we'll take it. Yeah, you'll you'll take it. But I know there are some of you out there that are saying, "Oh well, you know, the Sharks' only two wins have come in shootouts," but. Listen, a win is a win. End of discussion. It doesn't matter how it happens. It doesn't matter how you got there. If you end up with the win when the game is at an end, that means you did enough right. And I thought that tonight the Sharks did enough right. I thought the Sharks did an incredible amount right. It was just Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington denied the Sharks time and time and time again. He was phenomenal. He was as phenomenal as he needed to be on this night to keep his team in it. You can say similar things about Martin Jones. He didn't have to face as many shots per se, but Martin Jones was fantastic as well. This was just one of those games that was going to be a grinded out. It was going to be an effort game. It was going to be one of those who wanted it more. It went down to a shootout, and I thought that the Sharks did everything that they could to give themselves an opportunity to win. I think this uh, this game is one of those games that we'll uh, we'll take and often refer to our third period, especially. Um, you know, be nice to win in regulation and you know not have as much stress. And, and but you know, I thought the one the two games that uh, what it showed us the two wins is obviously we're a good uh, uh, you know we're a good three on three team. Uh, we worked in that in camp, believe it or not. We worked a lot in three on three because we knew that we get in these situations where you know every point's going to be huge, and we also worked a ton on shootouts. So I'm not saying that's the reason. Um, but we, we have practiced a lot of that, which is, is come in handy. And I think it's just a great confidence boost, but uh, more than anything is the way we played the, the our five on five style. It's, uh, uh, moving forward. We're going to have to, uh, you know, replicate a lot of that kind of hockey. And I think that with that success, you have an easier time of replicating or teaching your team what you want to replicate. 
you now have film that you can point to and say, see what we did so well in this game. See how we stopped the rush. See how we made cleaner, more simpler passes. See how we defended. See how we put ourselves in overall a better position. That, to me, pays off. That is going to be huge for this team going forward because now there is a bit more of a blueprint and Bob Bugner can say, listen, you used my tactics, you did what I wanted you to do, and we were rewarded with a win. Right now, Bob Bugner is trying to get his guys to see exactly what he wants them to do and show them why it is the right thing for them to be doing. That's the hardest thing for any coach to do. I know we all have this utopian vision of a coach and their team, and I'm not saying that Bob doesn't have the locker room, but he is in a position where he has to prove to the team why they should be doing what he is telling them to do. And again, I'm not saying that there is any lack of a belief in Bob Bugner, but whenever there is change, whenever you are trying to implement systemic change inside a sports environment, whatever the sport may be, you have to have evidence that it works. Now, we have evidence. Now, Bugner can point to this specifically and say, we need to do that again and again and again and again, and we need to do it cleaner, we need to do it sharper, and we need to do it more decisively, but we have now something that we can build upon to make ourselves a better team as we go forward. And going forward, it's Minnesota. Extremely uh, important, I think, you know, brings us back to 500, and we knew this trip was going to be a tough trip, and uh you know, and more than anything, though, I think, uh, um, you know, as a coach, you're trying to sell a certain style of play, um, and, you know, talking about structure and details and doing the right things at the right times of the puck. And, you know, they could see now that uh, it's a little easier sell when, uh, um, you, you know, you got a hard-fought win, I think, in the third period. I, I'm not exactly sure. I'm pretty sure we gave up about four shots, um, which is the style of games that we're going to have to play. We're not a team that's going to, you know, blow teams out. We're going to have to have play a lot of these close games, and it's a good, uh, it's a good teaching game. It's a big win, guys. I'm not going to lie. And I know there are no small wins, and I know that you can have the response that it's only the fourth game of the year, but the Sharks were coming off an exceptionally frustrating loss in game one of this series on Monday night when they scored four goals on the road, when they won the special teams battle, when they did everything right in that game, but they also shot themselves in the foot time and time again gave up four goals in the second period, and lost by a final of 5-4. to four. That's a frustrating loss. That's the type of a loss that early on in a season has the potential to send you into a tailspin. The Sharks did not let that happen. They bounced back with a resilient effort, a cleaner effort, against a very, very good Blues team that had seen a Sharks team just a couple of nights before. Remember, it's not like they were the only team, the Sharks that is, that we're coming into a game with adjustments to make. That's, again, part of what makes this so fascinating this year with the way these series are set up. But the Sharks came and put forth a great effort and now find themselves at 500, heading into Minnesota. Again, a team that's gotten off to a nice start. But overall, to recap here, the Sharks have played four games this year. They have been capable of winning all four games. Their losses have, in my opinion, been self-inflicted, and the games that they have won have either been A, due to their talent, or B, due to them finally figuring out what exactly their coach wants them to do and how exactly they are going to do it. For a new era of Sharks hockey, for 
a weird, weird regular season, preseason, or lack thereof. Ultimately, it was it was brief and there were no preseason games. This is not a bad start. It's not a perfect start, obviously, but it's not a terrible start. Things could have gotten off to a much worse start here in the 2021 season. But I look at what the Sharks have done over these first four games, and I like what I'm seeing. We all had no idea what to expect, by the way. There were 10 months off. There were injuries. Tommy Hurdle is playing fantastic hockey, by the way. After suffering yet another big-time knee injury, he's back and looking just like he did before. He's been one of the most productive players in the NHL through the start of the season. It's been great to see. And I like the idea that the Sharks are going to be this blue-collar hockey team. I think that that will kind of pay dividends in terms of some of the talents they have. Power forwards like Evander Kane and Timo Meyer. The speed you see in a young Jonathan Lettern, what we've been watching in terms of the development of Mario Ferraro, we saw Eric Carlson starting to look like the Eric Carlson we all expect him to be. The Sharks didn't hit the ground running, but I feel like most importantly, the team is picking up some momentum. They are growing, they are getting better, and that makes me excited for this upcoming series against Minnesota because, listen, right off the bat, we said the Blues, the Avs, and the Knights, let them eat themselves. Right now, you have to be better than the Coyotes, and you have to be better than the Wild if the Sharks want to go after that fourth spot. And again, I don't mean to be setting the bar low. I am just looking at this realistically for where we are right now. So this series against Minnesota, this is big for the Sharks. This is against ostensibly one of the teams they are fighting with for that fourth and final spot in the West. All right, that wraps it up for this morning's edition of Morning Tide. I will talk to you guys on Saturday morning. Have a great Thursday and go Sharks. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.